Friends, welcome to this episode of Leadosophy. You are here with an open mind because that is the rule, quite frankly. It's not the exception. Glad you can join us watching or listening. I appreciate it. The last two episodes, we've talked about self-doubt, mainly as it's applied to leadership, but in life in general, self-doubt, the doubting of ourself, the doubting of oneself. Today, I'm going to flip the script. We're going to talk about self-confidence, a little infographic I created. If you've watched this before or listen, you know Leadosophy loves infographics. And even if you're not watching, you're only listening, I'm going to walk you through this infographic. It's called the three buckets of self-confidence. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Are you ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy? Then a word of caution, you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy. Our ideas are not always so clear and distinct. To validate this proposition, we welcome the host of leadosophy, Tim Wood. All right, friends, welcome back. So we've talked about self-doubt over the last couple episodes, and I was wanting to podcast about self-doubt for, for quite some time, and I mentioned that on the first episode, because I think it's really important. It's it's not a superhuman feature of, of our existence, doubting, doubting ourselves, doubting what we do, doubting our competence levels in all walks of life. But in the, in the context of, of leadership, self-doubt is, I think, often prevalent. So I wanted to talk about that over the last couple of episodes, but now I wanted to kind of flip the script and talk about self-confidence. And again, I'm talking about self-confidence, not confidence directed externally. Confidence, I'm not talking about confidence that your son will pass his chemistry exam or that your daughter will be a great piano player or whatever. I'm talking about self-confidence, the confidence of oneself. And as I go through this infographic that I created, this is my understanding of, of self-confidence. This is how I understand self-confidence or self-confidence. It's not necessarily maybe how you see self-confidence, but the goal of, of me going through my thoughts on self-confidence is, is to hopefully prod your interest in your confidence levels and how do you develop your own confidence. And it could be competence leads to confidence, right? That's part of it. And I think the last couple episodes, we, we dove deep into self-competence or the lack of our the lack of our confidence in our self-competence. And competence by, by self-competence, I mean our skills and abilities to do X, Y, or Z. And maybe that's leading or leading other humans, right? What is our competence level in leading others? And do we doubt that competence level? So the three buckets of self-confidence, again, is my understanding of self-confidence as it applies to myself and as I try to understand self-confidence, my own self-confidence, confidence, so the three buckets, just spoiler alert, my three buckets of self-confidence are experience, preparation, and mindset. And again, this is directed internally. This is through introspection. This is how I see self-confidence, right? I'm filling the three buckets of mindset, preparation, and experience. So the first bucket I'm going to kind of elaborate. So I got for each bucket, I have five points that I've, I've kind of put down on the infographic. And again, these are my, my ideas, my, the way I understand self-confidence as it applies to me. 
this is nothing academic. This is just my understanding and some some things that I think I've learned over my time leading and following and, you know, as a father, as a husband, life, again, life, work, again, all these, all these different things that lead to my understanding of my self-confidence. So the experience bucket, there's one fundamental question that goes with experience. And that question is, have I done this before? Have I done this before? That's how we gain experience, right? The main way that we gain experience. Now there's other ways, right? We can watch other people do things, complete tasks, lead and fail and follow and fail. So one of the first points I have on the experience bucket is as follows. Unless you live in a simulation, there are no shortcuts around experience. There are no shortcuts, right? We can, we can read about how to do things. We can watch YouTube on how to do stuff. Again, I've used this example before. Camping, being a first-time camper this summer, I watched a ton of YouTube videos I read a lot of stuff about camping, but until I was actually in the position, putting my hands on equipment, setting up the campsite with my wife and my oldest son, until I was actually doing that, failing, doing things wrong and learning from that stuff, I would, that, that was the true experience for, for camping for me. So I think that goes with anything, especially leadership. I think you have to be in a position of leadership and experience, experience all kind of different areas where you have to make decisions, where you, where you have the authority and responsibility to, to lead people towards common goals, to, to feel that authority, to feel that responsibility, that awesome responsibility. Until you actually feel that or in that position, there's something missing. I've said this before, from an epistemological standpoint or, or accruing knowledge, there's something missing until you actually have the experience yourself. There will always be some sort of knowledge piece or component of what you're doing that is missing until you experience something for yourself. So the second point is this, seek others who know more than you. Seek others who know more than you. Also, it is far less painful watching others make mistakes. It's far less painful watching others make mistakes. And again, that that definitely applies to leadership, watching other leaders. And maybe it's not so much watching other leaders that is important, for me, what I think is watching the reaction or the reactivity around the leaders. How do people respond to the way someone leads? You can learn a lot from that. And there's a lot of, lot of, I think there's a lot of negative things that can come that you can really pick up on, on how people, how leaders make other people feel. Uh, watch faces, watch reactions, and listen to what is being said around the water cooler. Those things you can learn a lot from, and that's part of the experience game. Point number three on the experience bucket, the quality of repetition often is more important than the quantity of repetition. And I think this is also very important in anything we do in life, getting the most out of every opportunity we get, because we may never know how many opportunities we get to experience something, especially in a, maybe in a training environment. We have to capitalize on each training moment we have because at some point we're going to be actually in the position to do a, a certain task or whatever we're being trained to do. So it's it's capturing the quality of, of our repetitions and not necessarily, you know, a hundred repetitions of whatever it might be. Point number four, error precedes correction. 
error precedes correction. Correction is inevitable and necessary as experience swells, as our experience grows. It follows that error is also inevitable and necessary. Without correcting mistakes, there, there had to be error prior to that. That's how we correct our mistakes. So we have to embrace error. That's the bottom line of point number four. We have to embrace error. I think, I think it helps sometimes to expect that we're going to make mistakes. If we, if we have that mindset, and this is going to get into preparation, probably spoiling one of the points from preparation, but if we expect that mistakes are possible, right, we're not going to be so, be so surprised when we actually make a mistake. Now, we're not trying to make mistakes, but and hopefully our mistakes don't get someone hurt or worse, but we have to embrace error, embrace mistakes at some point. And the last point on the experience bucket, many learning experiences can and will create cognitive discomfort. Growth follows, though, from that discomfort once we push through that. And then also celebrate the small wins like we do big wins. That's okay. Celebrate the small wins because sometimes it's just the, it's the accumulation of the small wins that lead to the big wins or achieving goals, targets, whatever we're looking for especially in the, in, the, in the growth mindset, right? We talked about the growth mindset on the last episode as it applied to the academic article that we were discussing. So that's the experience bucket. Remember, this is titled the three buckets of self-confidence. How do we gain self-confidence, right? And the first bucket is experience. The second bucket is preparation. And the fundamental question that goes with this, did I prepare for this? Did I prepare for this? Or phrase another way, am I prepared? for whatever I'm about to embark on, whatever journey I'm about to go on, whatever task is put in front of me, am I prepared to meet this task head on? So five points with with the preparation bucket. Remember, we're trying to fill this preparation bucket. First point is this, in preparation for whatever, expectations must be realistic. I think that's really important. I think it's being realistic with ourselves about our capabilities. It also may be maybe the things we struggle with, right? We all have, we all have things that we struggle with, or we all have areas that we might be weaker in than, than others. We, may, we have our, we have our strengths and our weaknesses. It could be traits, it could be whatever, but I think it's being real, being honest with ourselves and being realistic about our expectations of what we're trying to achieve. Okay. Point number two of the preparation bucket. Imagine your ideal end state then prepare for your ideal end state. What are you trying to achieve? Going back to kind of the, f- the first point about being realistic about what you're trying to achieve, having realistic goals. Um, what, what is the ideal end state of, of what you're trying to achieve? And then prepare for that. Mentally prepare for, for that ideal end state. Imagine that ideal end state. You know, it's kind of a thought of it, thought experiments. The beauty of thought experiences, you can imagine yourself in in a new position in what you aspire to achieve, you can imagine yourself in a different role and then prepare for that. Point number three, you can never over-prepare. This is Leadosophy's opinion. You can never over-prepare, but you can over-analyze. You can over-analyze. And at some point, you must act or hit the eject button. Don't act. Move on to something else, right? Point number four, the complexity of predicting and preparing for all possible outcomes rises alongside the complexity of what you are preparing for. I'm going to say that again. The complexity of predicting and preparing for all possible outcomes 
rises alongside the complexity of what you're preparing for. Here's an example. The difference between preparing for some sort of exam, right? You have a few possible outcomes. You can pass, you can fail, you can get sick and retake it, right? So taking, maybe taking an exam, and I'm not talking about the bar exam because obviously the preparation is is tremendous for, for a bar exam from what I'm told. But again, there's only a few possible outcomes for preparing for an exam. You pass it, you fail it. Or maybe you can think of a couple other. However, if you're preparing to fly a commercial airliner across country, right? There are all kinds of different possible outcomes. Right? Now, some might argue, well, you can get there safely or you, or you cannot get there safely. Those are your two really final outcomes. But there's a lot of things that can happen in between, right? You can have engine loss, co-pilot quits. You have a fire in the bathroom, unruly passengers, loss of cabin pressure. So preparing for all those different things that can go wrong uh, might be a little more complex than preparing for an exam. And some may disagree or have uh, a different mindset than that or a different idea, but that's okay. Love to hear your thoughts. The fifth point on the preparation bucket is this. You can predict theoretically how you'll react to a novel and fictitious situation, novel being new, a new situation, a fictitious situation. Again, this is a thought experiment. You can predict theoretically how you'll react, but in practice, you might act quite different once that thought experiment becomes real. Make corrections accordingly and add back into that experience bucket, right? So thought experiments, how we're going to react, how we're going to prepare for things, uh, it may turn out quite differently when we actually pursue something and, and actually experience whatever we're trying to do. All right, the final bucket of the three is mindset, the mindset bucket. So to review, we had the experience bucket, right? Have I done this before? We had the preparation bucket. We had the preparation bucket. Did I prepare for this? And now we have the mindset bucket. Do I believe I can do this? Do I believe I can do this? And here are Leadosophy's five points on the mindset bucket. Regardless of difficulty, if you adopt a can-do mindset, then do not leave effort on the table. Expect setbacks. This is what I talked about on the experience side, right? Embrace error. On the mindset side, expect setbacks. They're going to happen at some point. Whether it's something small that you're trying to achieve or some, some grandiose goal that you're trying to achieve. Expect, expect setbacks. If you expect setbacks, then they're not, not, not going to take you by surprise. Point number two of the mindset bucket, our pessimistic minds often trick us into believing we cannot do something that we are experienced to do, something that we are prepared to do explode through the pessimism. You have to, you have to force yourself to, to explode through or rise above the pessimism. Because if we, if we hang on to those threads of pessimism, pessimism, it's going to be impossible to entangle ourselves. And that was just a meaty metaphor there. A lot of visuals going on and I apologize for that. Sometimes visuals are good, but it's true. Our minds are are geared. There's, there's literature written about those books written about the pessimistic mind. And it's easy to, to get downtrodden or, or to think that we can't do something when quite frankly, once we start doing it, we realize, yeah, you know, I actually can do this. Or you, we realize, you know what, this isn't as hard as everyone talked about. You know, some things get blown up. 
some things get blown over proportion or out of proportion about how hard something is or how hard it was to go down this road. Remember, everyone travels a different road. Everyone has different experiences. So we have to explode through the pessimism. I guess kind of lost my train of thought there, but that's the, that's the bottom line up front. Bottom line up front, pessimism. We're going to experience it, but we have to get past it. Point number three, here we go. New experiences must start from somewhere because confidence cannot grow from nothing. Might as well be now, if not now, when. So you got to start somewhere, dive in. Jump into the deep end, as they say. Jump into the deep end. Sometimes that's not advisable, but sometimes, you know what? You can't just inch in slowly but surely to the pool. You have to just jump in. Hopefully you can swim. I used to say kind of jokingly when I was in the Coast Guard from a leadership role, it's sink or swim. I just provide the pool. That was kind of a, I was never really serious, but people laughed at that. Anyways, point number four of the mindset bucket, believe in yourself. Folks, Leadosophy says, believe in yourself. Others do believe in you and you may not even realize it. And others should believe in you. They don't. And they may not realize that they don't believe in you. Show them you are worth believing in because you can. And the final point on the mindset bucket, there is such a thing as overconfidence. Remaining humble is a good default mindset for nearly any endeavor, whatever you're looking for. Humility is probably a good way to go in. Defer to the more experienced, the more prepared, if prudent. That's simply good decision-making. And lastly, you can learn much from watching others work through problems. And again, making mistakes, trial, error, tinker, make errors, correct for errors. You can learn a lot from watching other people do that. And that's a mindset as well. You know, that is a mindset, especially from leadership. I am going to learn from this person. I'm going to watch. I'm going to observe. That is a mindset. So there you have it, folks. The three buckets of self-confidence. Hope you enjoyed it. Would love to hear how you visualize, how you understand self-confidence as it applies to yourself. Or again, just maybe this kind of prod your own thinking and for you to, to kind of maybe take apart some area of your life, whether it's life, at work, whatever, where you may be experiencing self-doubt. Always talk about trying to find the, the, the genesis. Where's that self-doubt coming from? Try to unpack that a little bit. And I believe that you can learn a lot about your self-confidence by examining your self-doubt. And then vice versa, you can learn a lot about your self-doubt by examining the areas you're very self-confident within. So... Those are my final points. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of life and of leadership. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out Leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.